0: I, this is, is what you thought it wasn't. It. it means, the brothers from Brazil and
1: the
2: Dirty dozen. I beat the F I O the double A. <coughs> and check out my man, he goes by the name of my Slim Shady. Brain dead like Zim Brady. I'm an M80. You little like that Kim Lady. I'm buzzing. Dirty dozen, naughty rotten Rhymer. Person That you play is worse than Marty Schottenheimer You whacking in the
1: motherfucker you bitch your style from You ain't gonna sell two copies if you press a double album Admit it, fuck it, while well, we coming out in the open I'm doing acid, crack, smack, coke, and smoking
2: dope then My name is Marshall Mathers, I'm an alcoholic I'm Marshall. I have a disease and they don't know what to call it Better hide your wallet, cause I'm coming up quick to strip your cash Bought a
1: ticket to your concert just to come and your... me in the track What is going on, Devil fans? Welcome to The Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch, along with my father, a.k.a. The Pickle Bill Sr., a.k.a. Electric Shoes lead (laughs) band member, a.k.a. um, Yeah, no. So uh, it is 6.15 p.m. on Sunday, uh, November 19th. And uh, we got a couple games that we want to cover I'm coming off of a spaghetti and meatball dinner, which can we can we stop the madness? With I, I was I was looking, <clears throat> I was reading something online, and it was talking about how it was it was it was surrounding uh, Tommy DeVito. And Tommy DeVito is the quarterback for the Giants now, and he's from Jersey, and they're giving him – they're making fun of him because he still lives at home with his mom, and he's 28 years old, and she makes his bed and everything, and it's like such a stereotypical Italian Jersey kid kind of thing. Um, But someone was posting, oh, he definitely calls his sauce gravy. And it's like, we're Italian. I'm part Italian. My mom's Italian. It's like we grew up surrounded by Italian culture in New Jersey. I can assure you, nobody calls it gravy. Gravy is what color? Gravy
0: is supposed to be brown. Exactly. Gravy is brown. But I I think it's a, I think it's a more of a, a different time kind of thing because when I was growing up, you know, Polish and Irish, they called it gravy. I mean- Red sauce, red sauce. They called it gravy.
1: Spaghetti,
0: okay, a Polish, spaghetti gravy. A,
1: yeah, a a Polish and an Irishman, not an Italian.
0: No, no, no. It should definitely be sauce, and it shouldn't be spaghetti. It should be pasta and all that other good stuff. Well, spaghetti is a form of pasta. True, true. So, the, this is the only
1: th- thing I could think of. It's if you have meat in the in your sauce. It's still sauce, but like the only—that's the only thing I could think of that why you would call it gravy. I have no idea. But but to me, it it sounds ridiculous, and personally, um, I'm offended and ashamed. Now, if you want to, you know, people do this thing back and forth where they debate each other about, you know, is it pork roll? Is it Taylor ham? And like, there's this whole like, ha ha ha, we're from New Jersey, and we and one portion of the state calls it one thing and the other person it's like you guys could go kill each other. We all know what it is. Pork roll is the meat and then Taylor ham is the brand. Like it's It's like like Coke. It's like ordering a Coke. Right.
0: So ordering
1: a cola. So, you know, that's debatable whether you call it Taylor ham or whether you call it pork roll, whatever we understand. We know what we're talking about, but when you're talking about sauce and gravy, gravy, you're putting on mashed potatoes and, and Turkey. And sauce
0: you're putting on Italian is red. I agree. The big question is though, did you choke? Were you able to get through dinner? Okay. No, no, I don't I don't I don't don't choke on stuff. Just those chicken fingers. No, it's not
1: just the chicken. It's it's like um you know what I choke the most on is uh like a short rib something that's like cooked really long and like kind of like is like stringy. stringy. Like if it's almost like you could cut it with a fork, it's not really choking either. It's just my windpipe closing. Kind of like Taylor ham and pork roll. It's like, what do you want to call it? You're not really choking, but you can't really breathe. (laughs) (laughs) I just Um, need
0: something to wash it down.
1: Yeah. And then, so then what I do is I get like, uh, we, we've really exhausted this topic too. But what I do is I, I get like a, uh, I'll get like a seltzer and I'll like take a swig of it, thinking it's gonna go down, but really I just start. It, it just comes it up worse. and starts <laughs> foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog. Um, oh, that's pretty. But cool. uh, yeah, so a lot's happened since the last time that we've talked. Uh, the Devils play Thursday night on the road in Pittsburgh. No Timo Meyer. No Jack Hughes. No Nico. The, the lineup looked pretty suspect. It was the it was the most it was the ugliest looking lineup I've seen. Um, and it's crazy because we went into this season with we you know we were so sure. gung ho about the depth of our lineup and everything. Uh, that's the first time that they so they ended up they moved Holtz up so he could play with some skilled players, and he was playing with Mercer, and I think he was playing with Mercer and Pelot which they kept that line together for she last was. night's game. Um, and I did a thing where I said, if you subscribe to the podcast and if you share this post on Twitter and Alexander Holt scores a goal, I'm going to give a dollar to everybody I that scores that, the man. goal, right? And like we've put some money into promoting the podcast and trying to get the right equipment and trying to be as – as easy to listen to as possible. Like we're not good enough of creating content and stuff like that to where not I want to at least make it sound good and be accessible to people and for people to know what's going on. And I thought that I was like, you know what? Like this could be a fun way for everyone to win a buck. And it's like, it would be, it would be fun. And sure enough, he scored. He did. <clears throat> not only did he score, but he had a couple really high end scoring chances. Um, I thought he played great. I thought it was probably
0: he, his he, best game yeah. of the year. He played 200 feet. I mean, he was he was really good defensively, too.
1: Yeah, he was back-checking, and um, you saw he started to feel it a little bit. He had a couple scoring opportunities. One was a two-on-one that they kind of took too long to get the puck over to him. Um, another time, he could have had a breakaway, and, and Mercer missed that pass, which, you know – you could tell the frustration on Mercer, which is probably the first time that we've ever seen that. And he was, um, he was smashing his, you know, punching the boards and smashing his head into the boards. And um, that's not really a side that we've seen from Dawson Mercer. He's been a cool, like pretty lovable looks, you know, very has a positive outlook. I don't know him personally, but I'm just saying that's the kind of vibe I get from him as the way that he handles himself. And to see him be that frustrated, I think, um, you know, you never want to see somebody in distress, but it is good to see somebody that has passion and knows that they expect more from themselves and and holds themselves to a certain level. Um, but what was really cool was it was the Andre Palat's response to that, to him on the bench, and he kind of took his glove off and gave him a pat on the back and was like, you know, it was just a re like a reassuring hand from right. an right. elder statesman who's been around the block, who's also struggling. Um, and you know, everybody kind of has piled onto Palat at this point because of the size of his contract and he hasn't produced and he's had an opportunity playing on the first line. Um, we know that he is a high character guy. We know he's a locker room guy. We know he's a warrior. There's no doubt about that. Like he's definitely one of the toughest guys on the team. But I think there is that mentorship that you might not see from just watching the games that, you know, he's a guy where when a team is gotten off to a rough start, like the devils have, it's going to be good to have someone like Andre Pilat around to kind of guide these young kids and let them know it's a long season. And like, you're, you know how good of a player you are and what to expect and don't overthink it and don't grip your stick too, too tight. And uh, the physical like sign of affection that he had with him, I thought was cool. And then, you know, and that's coming from someone who's also struggling. So it's like, Hey, listen, like I'm right next to you. It's one thing if Jack Hughes is like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? It's another thing from someone's like, I feel your pain right now and and we're going to get through this together kind of thing. Um, But overall to me,
0: you would agree that that was the best 60 minutes of play that the team has had so far this season, yeah, right? For sure. For sure. They played as a team. They played, you know, both ends of the ice and the, they out they outworked them. They outworked them and they showed, they showed a pretty cool stat that said that there's only five other times that a team that has come in to uh, another team's barn that had lost three in a row and the other team, the home team, has had five wins in a row, they've been able to, to win that game. And you think about that, that's, that's, that's a pretty good stat. You know, It's only happened like five other times. Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of it
1: was um, the Devils like, knew that they were going to just have to simplify things with the lineup that they had you know what i mean like they weren't going to they weren't going to have the lean on the natural ability lean on the natural talent that their players have they were going to have to do some some heavy lifting and i think like a guy like max wilman played well um it was good to see some of these guys like you know nate bastion i've kind of given him given him some shit on the podcast of lately and and i think every devil fan would agree that they like nate bastion he's one of the most liked guys in the locker room and this and that but you were hoping for a little more production from him a little more physicality even though he does i think lead the team in hits um to see him get on the board and it was like that was really good to see because you're gonna need a couple goals from him and it's like we're you know, we're 16 games into the season at this point, it's like, you're going to need to start scoring. So it was, I was happy to see Nate bastion, get on the board, get that monkey off of his back. Uh Lazar continues to play well, which he was given a pretty serious promotion playing alongside right. Hughes last night. <clears throat> and I think that his game has been really good all season. He's a guy that I don't think ends up leaving the lineup anytime soon. He's a point a to point B player. He'll block shots. He'll go to the net hard. He does all the little things right. And um, so it was nice to see him rewarded for his hard effort because I think he's been one of the most consistent players on the team this year. And I understand his role is not as important. or He doesn't have as much of an impact on the game, on the scoreboard, but he is somebody it's good to know when you don't have your top guys in the lineup going That you have one of your role players or somebody that you could really rely on that's going to go out there and give you a consistent game. So uh, it was nice to see him rewarded with a goal uh, the other night as well. What are your? I mean, I know that you weren't necessarily a big Lazar guy um, coming into the season, but
0: any? No, I I wasn't. I wasn't a big Lazar guy, and I I honestly didn't like him uh, playing with Jack Hughes. I didn't think that that was like. Maybe I'm well not Jack at. Hughes. We're talking about the game on, right. on okay. Thursday. Um, he's he gives hundred percent every game. Gives a, you know hundred percent every game. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Is willing to you know lay down in front of the bus. Um, he's definitely he's definitely been productive this year in his role. Yep. Yeah, and
1: like one of the things I worried about with him is he plays so hard. I wondered if he would be able to stay healthy. Because right. he does play very hard. He goes into the boards hard. Um, so you know, they went into the third period, the game was tied, and it was nice to see Jesper Bratt, which we talked about. Like sure. Hughes is out of the lineup. And where is Bratt been? Like he we kind of need him to step up. He's getting paid to be a goal scorer right now. We could he's a core piece of this team. We need him to contribute if we want to win some of these games where we're gonna be missing and to miss Timo along with Jack and Nico. So Timo, Timo brings a lot like as far as just the flow of the game. It's like he gets the puck deep and he goes in very hard and he carries the puck very well. So there's more than just there's it's more than just goals when an assist and points when it comes to Timo Meyer's yeah, for sure. Impact on the game and he's on been on a point streak but I think like the physicality and a little bit of the power forward that uh game style that he that he brings was really missed and I was wondering how they were going to be able to what their game plan was going to be. And you saw it was a lot of they had to simplify things and they had to be make good decisions. So if you didn't have anything, give what they were give you know, give what the right. defense was was take what the defense was giving you. Make sure that you get pucks deep. Don't turn the puck over, you know, around your blue line, stuff like that and they played really well. I think the to me the biggest piece of that game was besides the effort and the overall fact that they put in a full 60 was the my first impression of Colin Miller playing a regular season game. And they they dressed seven defensemen and had 11 forwards and to me he looked fantastic and it looked like Luke Hughes was comfortable playing with him he did jump into the play he played physical he had foot speed for sure it's not like he's slow and you know that's one of the things that you when you think about a guy who you're bringing in to maybe just hold the fort down and he's you know over 30 you you worry about his foot speed and and getting caught out of position and that's the problem with Brendan Smith for the most part and it's like And I thought that his foot speed and his decision-making, the way that he processed the game, the way that he was able to distribute the puck was all very clean for a guy that is hopping into his first regular season game in, you know, since last April. Yeah.
0: Like that's a long time. absolutely. Absolutely. And he did. He did look – he looked really good coming out of the zone, uh, getting nice clean passes, not – you know, being patient with the puck, not just throwing it off the glass. He he looked good, and he was able to carry the puck. And I was really surprised, which we didn't see in preseason, was how he shoots the puck pretty good. He gets it, you know he he picks and chooses his time to get it through the defense, which I really like that. I thought he was really good. Even Bill Spalding uh, commented on how good he looks with uh, Luke Hughes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I was so encouraged by that, knowing that we would have options when it came to our, um our last pairing defensive pairing where Smith has struggled and you were hoping that, and we've moved things around. We put ball down there with him. We put Luke down there with him and we're looking to find somebody that can two players that can elevate each other's game. And I feel like it's been, it's caused a lot of, problems for whoever is paired with Smith. Um, and I, and I think the majority of it is just the complete lack of, of skating ability. But um, so they rolled out the seven defensemen. I understand that we need Smith for the penalty kill until we know what we have with Miller. And, um, and I was excited to see what he was going to do again. I was hoping that he would be able to, I didn't know if he you know, it's such a small sample size. Can he recreate that? All right um so yesterday's game was a big one devil's rangers first one of the year a lot of trash talking online it's become the real rivalry that it used to be back in the 90s and and in 2012 so that's really fun that makes things a lot that makes the game so much more interesting and passionate when both of these fan bases are involved both of the teams are good even the Islanders, when they're good too, and even you know the Flyers have been good right. for a while, but when all, you get this tri-state area going and Philadelphia involved, it really it, it amps things up. So there's been some serious trash talking going on, and there was definitely a buzz in the building last night. Like out of all the games that I've been through so far, obviously Devils Rangers is going to be the most exciting, um, but. There is a lot of there's a lot of shit talking going on on the internet prior, and that was kind of fun. Their big thing is saying you beating us in the playoffs last year was your Stanley Cup. And it's like that's what they're hanging their hat on. And it's yeah. like
0: what how many you- yeah. So, yeah, how many cups so, like, have you
1: won? <laughs> so like your your uh you know, your diss to us is that we beat you in the playoffs. That's what your that's right. your comeback. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, so they continue to, to bring that up, which is like, whatever. And then they always obviously try to make fun of the devils because we don't have any fans and they have more fans in the building than we do. And it's been the the, same story uh, for a million years. And it's like, whatever.
0: It was a little sad. It was a little sad seeing, seeing how many blue shirts were in the, in the, the seats last night. They had an 80-year head start on us, Dad. No, absolutely. I get it. I get it. And for them saying that, that you know, there are Stanley Cup. I mean, we've won three cups since they won their last. Come on. Yeah,
1: they've it's, have they have won like, Stanley Cup in eighty three years. Yeah, it's like give me and a, the most the most the, the thing that really drives me crazy about the Rangers fans is they're like the most entitled fan base ever, and they've never won anything. And we've talked about this before too. Right. They basically parade around like they're the Montreal Canadiens or the New York Yankees, and they have twenty six championships under their belt. Meanwhile, they've never done anything. So you couldn't win the Stanley Cup when there was twelve teams in the league. So it's like. They think they're God's gift to earth. It's very similar to the Toronto Maple Leafs fans. And it's right. like, if you haven't been exposed to them, they were ranked the worst, the most hated fan base in, in the league. And rightfully so. They parade around like they're the greatest thing ever. And I get it. Toronto is the biggest hockey market. They have the biggest fan base. Um, the amount of players that play in the NHL that come from the suburbs of Toronto are is insane. Sure, But... That doesn't make you. That doesn't make your team good. And um, and what it does actually is it drives the cost of players way up. And it's like you play in the biggest market, everyone loves you. You're a superstar. You're a brand. William Nylander, for example, they can't afford to even pay these people because once you play there and you have success, you just have your head explodes. Like Mitch Marner and John Tavares and Austin Matthews and. You could go back to Dion Phaneuf and like all these players. You're a big deal if you're a if you're a foundational piece in Toronto. And the New York Rangers are the same thing. Their fans come in and and they're just they're such clowns. It's like they're there's normal people too, but it's but they have such an obnoxious fan base. We had this guy that was sitting in front of us who was so wasted. He was, you know. He was like kind of heavy set, probably in his like late thirties, early forties, and he was just standing up and starting shit with everybody in section seven. And there was a lot of Ranger fans for sure. And he was trying to like have fun with it, but he was so drunk right. that he didn't realize like that he was annoying. Um, and eventually, you know, eventually I had to t- yell at him. Did he uh, put him in his place? No, no. I was like, "Hey, turkey neck, sit down. Thanksgiving's not till Thursday." And he like looked at me like, like so drunk, just like what? Like didn't know what was going on. I don't get it. Yeah, and then, uh, and then uh, we went to. So me and Age, I, I brought my wife up, and uh, we went to we went to, we played monster golf with the kids prior. Oh, um, nice. The, yeah, it was. You know, it's nice, except your grandson hit Bo with the golf club twice. Oh. Yeah. Caused (laughs) the caused a big scene in Monster Golf. He's like, oh I didn't mean to. I go, you've been playing golf. You've been going to golf camp. You've been playing golf. Have you ever hit for five years. Have you ever hit anybody else with a golf club? Right. And he was just like (laughs) So we were, you know, family meltdown in the middle of Monster Golf. Um but then we we had the sitter come and we drove up and we went to Krug's in the Ironbound section on Wilson Avenue in Nork. And it was our first time going there. And this place has been around since 1939. It's owned by Jake LaMata, like the famous boxer that they made Raging Bull after. Really? Um, yeah. It's owned by his family and it's neck Nork. And uh, Patty Shambro, you know, friend of the podcast, right, right. He, he suggested it. It was rated the best burger in New Jersey. And we went in there and there was these bunch of like old, like, they weren't like Nicky Norkers. They were like right. old, like Irish or like Scottish guys who work Ironbound fire station, just slamming back shots and like, you know, being super loud and obnoxious and everything. But they were fun, like no, no harm. And there was a bunch of Devils fans in there. And oh, everybody was cool. in there. Yeah, it was it was really cool. We got to check that out and we got to have a nice meal, have was a couple the beers. The best burger? It's pretty good. I know like, Patty
0: has said it's the best one in Jersey. He thinks
1: it is. It's it's definitely. It was good. It's big. It's really big. Um, which is which is fine. I like the burger at. Uh, personally, I like the burger at Bond Street. Bond Street's that's my that's my go-to.
0: Okay.
1: But, um, so we're leaving there, and we're like driving through the back streets of Newark, and like we're not in a bad neighborhood. It's like pretty safe. But this car comes at us head on with the lights off, and it's only one way. It's one way going east and one way going west. And I'm, he's like kind of like swerving towards my lane, coming head on. And I'm thinking to myself, he sees me. I have my lights right, on. I'm right. driving, and then I realize like this guy is just gonna he's gonna drive directly into me. So I like, you know, was laying on the horn, he swerved out of the way
0: and I'm like, oh my
1: God, either this guy's super wasted driving down the street with no headlights on or, or texting or, or, or something, or, or it's a, you know, a young kid from Nork who just hijacked his first car and doesn't know how to drive yet. Um, <laughs> he's looking for the
0: port. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Can you tell me how to get to the containers down by the port? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was
1: Pretty, wow we, that's scary we, yeah we, we got lucky um, but it was like a 15 minute drive we get to the arena uh, met up with a bunch of f- friends at, at the at the game and then um, so here's the thing we got off to it we, we played so good in Pittsburgh and then we thought we had Jack coming back in the warmups and to me if you have to make a game time decision, And you have to actually go out and warm up to know that if you're okay, 10 minutes before the game, 20 minutes before the game. You're probably not okay. Probably not good to go. Right. I get it. It's the Rangers. And I understand that you, that's an important game. That's one of the things that I like about Jack Hughes. But I hope he wasn't putting himself in a position that could jeopardize any more of the season because that's more important than this one game. But either way, um, Jack came back. Uh, And along with Shesterkin too. And that was like pretty – I think that that made the game that much more exciting. All the Ranger fans got to see their franchise goalie, arguably the greatest goalie in the world. Um, And then the Devils had their franchise player coming out who's kind of dominated and has a little bit of a rivalry. It's going to be the matchup forever. And and there was just a buzz in the building, and and it felt great. It was like there was nervous tension. And that was the first time in a regular season game that they we've really had that. And you remember back to the playoffs, you were up at the games and going to yeah. the games. There was like a lot of nerves. You know oh, what I mean? I know, I know. At the end of the Rangers series, I was like, I don't even want to go to the Carolina series. Like, no, I, I, I know, I have a life. You know uh. what I mean? Like, I don't need this do shit. <laughs> so to see everybody as as jazzed up as they were was was really fun. It was there was a real it was like a it was an important game and what was cool was after the first period so we can get into the we'll get into the game last night there you know i think vtech it was weird because vtech did not play well yet he did have a couple big saves but he, he did, did not play well and it's we're at a point where we have a serious um Problem on our hands, we are ranked 30th in goals expected, above expected. Right. And in our case, it's below expected. So uh, saves, I meant, excuse me. So when it comes to saves expected from our goaltenders, both of them together, were 30th. And the only people below us is is Edmonton, who they literally fired their goalie. You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, we... Our goaltending is a serious situation, and I am concerned about what, what the plan is moving forward because, you know, I posted this stat today, and I said, I don't think the Devils really can consider themselves a contender while their goaltending is this awful. And it got passed around quite a bit. Now we have like 10,000 people that have checked it out and like the, you know, it's like the facts don't lie. And right. one of the things with last night was Vitek's rebound control was not good. He was caught out of position multiple times. He did make some big saves. I'm not debating that. He actually he did. did. There was a couple of times where you're like, all right, that was a, that was a clutch save. He made a really nice skate save on, I forget who it was coming down, coming down the wing, but you know, that shot off the face off from Panarin and then also the Jimmy Vesey second goal. Those are goals that, like,
0: yeah, good goals for making those saves. The second Vesey goal, he was out of position. Um, he made the, the save but gave up a big rebound. And you wonder if, you know, is that is that Marino should be tying him up? And, you know, I think they played well last night. So I'm not going to beat up on them and stuff. But you could see there were – I mean, there were defensive mistakes that we made that that they capitalized on.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, it was a it was a weird game. I mean, you had a lot of things that actually broke the devil's way. Which, when the when you get the breaks, you would like to get that W. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we had the play where obviously the the Hughes goal that very easily could have been. They, they could. The ref could said yeah. we blew the whistle and, and it doesn't count. And it's like it should have counted. And they made the right call. But I'm right. saying we've been screwed before. So we we kind of got away with that. We got away with the Mike McLeod five minute penalty into a, a major into nothing. That was kind of big. And then the amount of whiffed opportunities from the Rangers was insane. I mean Lafreniere, sticks, Vin- yeah. Vinny trochak These guys had some open nets and some of them, they just straight up whiffed on. I think that the score could have gotten really out of control. Um, And with that said, I think it could have gone the other way too, because Jesper Bratt had a breakaway that he wasn't able to capitalize on in the third period that could have made it four to two. That could have been a whole different game. You know what I mean? Um, Jack Hughes had a breakaway that he could have scored on right Curtis Lazar had a breakaway that he could have scored on Mike McLeod had a couple shots from the slot that he didn't take that led to nothing there was a right. two on one Um McLeod kind of had a t- a tougher game in my opinion and one of the guys who's had a couple rough games in a row to me has been Kevin Ball and it's like it's he's and it's going to happen to everybody. I mean, we saw it happen with Marino, and it happens. It's happened to Dougie. It's happened to a, Siegenthaler's going through a rough patch. But I think Kevin Ball has kind of had a rough couple games. Um, and I don't think it's anything to worry about. I, I'm just acknowledging what I was seeing happening last night. Um, and and Jack turned. Jack looked amazing, by the way. He, he looked did. like he he looked like he didn't miss a place. Point.
0: Yeah, he
1: was crazy. Well, he did turn the puck over
0: a couple times that led to odd man rushes the other way. He did turn the puck over and he did miss a couple defensive assignments that cost us. But what he brings to our team, nobody else could do that. I mean, him just carrying the puck puts everybody else on their heels, which was pretty good. It was also really good watching him knock Truba on his ass. I thought that was pretty good. (laughs) I
1: don't know what you're talking about.
0: He did. He did. He wound up. Truba was leaning. It was in the, it was in the defensive zone. It was in our defensive zone. And I
1: cried on his ass.
0: I think, um, I thought it was Truba. I thought he knocked Truba down. I'll, uh, maybe. I, I haven't watched the game again. I haven't gotten over the first one yet. So I'm, I didn't watch it again. Um, I caught little bits and pieces, uh, the replay today. But um he, you know, not that you expect a physical game out of him because you don't, but you know, it's it's he's complete. And he's complete. And, you know, when it comes to the locker room, how had you do, you know, he's not afraid to call out anybody. Yeah, I mean it was
1: it was um you figure the the power play goal that we had right before the end of the first period was huge huge. and did you see the relief on palat's face after he scored that it's (laughs) like that's a guy that expects a lot out of himself and and you know that he was really starting it was bothering him um that he's gone this long without scoring it's like he's not a scoring machine but that doesn't mean that he you know he scores 15 to 20 goals roughly a year and it's like we're we're this far into the season he still hasn't put one in right um so to see him score, he also trucked Lingren behind the net, which if you rewatch the game, he he caught him with his head down and he barreled through him. So he had a really good shift. He's you know, it's funny, he doesn't get on the board as much as you'd think, but he is he leaves an impression on the game just because of the way that he plays. Um so when the Devils got out of that first period tied at 2, I was thinking to myself, "Oh, all right, like that was a huge goal." And in the concession area, which all the restaurants were closed, but in the concession area, people were really like, dude, this is a hell of a game. Like everything was really tight, it was it crisp, was. it was it fast, really was. it was intense. Um and the the truba hit really was the truba hit was clean, first of all. Um and the truba hit on Timo Meyer in my opinion was also clean with that said that doesn't mean that you have to accept hits like that and you shouldn't be bothered and you shouldn't be pissed off when somebody hits one of your players like that and he took a couple of runs he took a run at i think mike McLeod at one point but nosek is skating with the pucks in his skate and it's taken him like a half hour to get it out of his skates and you're right to the side of the net what do you expect to happen
0: exactly you just hate to see it. You hate, to, to, see a, up. You hate I, to see them get hit in the head like that. But, but was, if you got your head down, it was, there's, there's nowhere
1: else to go. It was his whole body. Like he literally went through his whole body completely clean. And like being a guy whose favorite player is Scott Stevens. It's like, I respect a good, clean, open ice hit. And you have to be aware of who is on the ice at all times. When you have a right. guy like Truba on the ice and, part of being a professional hockey player is being responsible for knowing what's going on. And it's like, it happens, it happens. It can happen right. to anybody. And um, the, the problem is is the lack of response from the team, which we've seen time and time again, it's gotten ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's like, you look at guys like, nate bastion and you look at guys like brendan smith and like i'm not looking to put face punchers out onto the ice no no that's not no. what i'm looking for i'm not looking for an enforcer i'm not looking for this i'm looking for a team unity to where the right. team holds itself to a higher standard when it comes to sticking up for one another and being a brotherhood and guess what even if you could kick my ass if you hit one of my players and knock him out like that we're all going to swarm I'm going you. after you we're, we're going to swarm you And um, you don't mind taking a two
0: minute on something like that.
1: No, it's one of the things that has plagued this team and toughness has been a serious concern. And I think a lot of people are really on the Zadora bandwagon because he does bring toughness, but, and if you want him at now, his stock has never been higher. And that scares me because you're going to have to overpay for him. And he's only on a one-year contract. And, the truth is Zadorov isn't going to isn't going to solve your problems. Right. He's going to be better in the pipes. At the end. He's going to help you. No, no, not that. He's not going to make your entire team tougher. You're going to bring in one tough player, but he's not going to make he's not going to cause, you know, Siegenthaler to go after somebody and Nate Bashan and Curtis Lazar and all these people to and Brendan Smith to swarm. That's not what he's going to do. He's going to go in there and fight. You need the players that you have existing on your roster right now to come from within. You need a player like Jack Hughes, or you need a player like Jesper Bratt, or one of these guys that you would least expect it from Nico. Heesha would be the perfect example to be, to be doing this because he's the captain and he has gotten off to a rough start to the season before he got injured. And he plays a little more of a physical game. He would have been the perfect, that would have been the guy but he's not there right now. Like even like a Dougie Hamilton or that's what I'm saying. Nobody's too big or too good to, to really like step up and say, Hey, are we going to get pushed around? Because it's only going to get easier. And I think like, it's kind of, it's league knowledge at this point that we're not the toughest team.
0: No, it, everybody does know that. And you see, you know, Trocek could, could do a cross check, you know, when, when huge Hughes is like, you know, four foot off the boards, send him into a face plant and the boards and stuff. If you're, you know, if you get the reputation that you could be pushed around, you're going to get pushed around. So we, uh, we get into the third
1: period and it was, um, the devils got off to a hot start, score the goal. And we got, we had, you know, the first eight minutes of the period were really good, and then we took too many penalties. We did, and it's like that always comes to shoot you in the foot. Mercer took a penalty. Holtz took a penalty. Um, Brendan Smith, I'm assuming, took a penalty. Can't remember, <laughs> but I'm gonna go on a limb and say he did. Um, but uh, yeah, and then you just saw the game start to slip away. I thought that the, I thought that the goals were chances that Manichek would like to have back. Right. I think that he should have saved him. You know, his goal, his, you know, his save ex- expected uh, goals against was higher by, I believe it was a goal and a half compared to yeah, Shesterkin, which was minus one. That. Right now, the Devils have their five-on-five five goal percentage is only 40%, and that's second worst in the league behind... San Jose Sharks. So we have a bit of a five on five scoring problem. But one of the things, and CJ Totoro put this out, was the Devils at five on five have been insane when Dougie Hamilton is on the ice. He has the most amount of expected goals per hour of any defenseman in the entire NHL. And if you look at like his heat maps and you see like it's pretty nuts. Like when he's on the ice, the Devils are playing offense. And that's why it's so funny we talk about like his defensive deficiencies. Right, right. And you right. really only notice it because he doesn't get he's not really playing defense too much. You know what I mean? He's, like yeah, he's he's playing offense a
0: lot. He is. Um so But the odd man the odd man rushes are gonna come back to bite you in the ass. Um that's you know, that should be a, a forward should be coming back when he's dipping in there. And you see all of a sudden, Siegenthaler's got a three on one or a two on one. It's, you know, it's the offense has to come back and kind of give him a hand.
1: Yeah. But the, the, um, like those stats account for the defensive lapses that he's having as well. So I'm saying he, he just drives play. There's like, I, there's no other way to look at it. It's like, um, you know, Holtz took the penalty. I wonder if that's going to cost him his job. You know what I mean? Because they did score. They did score on that that power play. Um, And then, to me, one of the best-looking players on the ice was Colin Miller again. And he was able to repeat the performance that he had on Thursday night versus Pittsburgh. He looked much better than Smith. And he was all over the ice. There was a couple of plays where he came back and made one-on-one defensive plays where he, he took the puck he away did. from players and didn't take a penalty and was able to transition and puck distribution and skate with it. And he was all over the place and he played pretty physical too. So I have been very impressed with Colin Miller and I hope that he sees more ice time. You know, we were down to 10 forwards yesterday if it were me, I probably would have moved Brendan Smith up to play wing because that's, he something that last he has, that's something that he's done in the past too. You know what I mean? And you can always drop him back to play on sure. a penalty kill. Um, you get into, you know, we talked about it. You kind of wanted to see Schmidt last night, and Schmidt has obviously played really well versus the Rangers going back to the playoff series last year. And I probably would have played him as well just because you have to – you have to keep playing him. I mean, sure. Um, but we are getting to the point where I'm a little, I just don't know what we're going to do. I like the way that we're playing. Like I thought we played the past two games. We played good and like rough got the team ready to play. And I think he kind of put players in the right position. I thought Lazar playing on the first line was a little weird.
0: Yeah. I, I, I didn't like, I didn't like that. I, I just don't know if he has the skill if he has a skill set to be able to handle, you know, or hockey IQ, whatever you want to call it, to handle Jack Hughes's pace of game.
1: Yeah, I, well, be I in the right if, spot. I wondered if it was just a, a protection. If he was playing Lazar with Hughes, knowing that he was coming off of an injury, knowing that the Rangers played pretty physical, if he just put him up there as a form of protection to where when he was on the ice, nobody was going to have their way with him. Very possible. Very possible. Maybe so. Maybe not. Not really sure about that one. Um, but that's the only thing I could think of. So yeah. I, I can't think of.
0: I don't think he. I, I don't. I didn't think he deserved to be up there. I would have rather after the game Holtz had in Pittsburgh, although he didn't play a great game last night. I think he was the guy that should have been been up on, in that spot.
1: Um. Yeah, like the concession stands are closed. Like, I just I don't understand why we can't buy food at the games. Like, you're I I can't understand why they're
0: not they're not pulling their contract from and awarding it to somebody else. I mean, somebody else would take that over in a heartbeat.
1: You can't. I can't buy a you know twenty dollar basket of chicken fingers because there's nowhere to to buy them from. It's like it makes us look really crazy. It makes us look really
0: cheap it, and like unprofessional. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it does. It makes you think that you should move over to section eight and get the food included. Oh God. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just well, no. saying well, at no. least section you're
1: guaranteed 7. food there. <laughs> no, section seven has the food. It's just, you got to pay for it. Yeah. I'm not paying for that. That's insane. No, It's insane. It's like you're paying an extra like $10,000 a year. So you could have chicken fingers. It's in, It's just like, but, um, you know, one of the things that really pissed me off last night was, I think his name is TJ the DJ. Um, And he's the guy who's the DJ for the Devils during the games. And I don't know if it's him or if there's like a, you know, a pro, you know, an in-game programmer or something that plays all the music during the, as the night goes on during the stoppage of plays and whatnot. But you have to know who your crowd is and who what is going on. Last night, he played Billy Joel Piano Man because it was Saturday night at 9 o'clock, and he has that line in the song. It's 9 o'clock on a Saturday, and he starts playing Billy Joel. Billy Joel is New York, dude. Billy right. Joel is no, a total absolutely. New York Ranger and New York Islander thing. You don't play that when you're in New Jersey and they're playing right. the Devils. So Bruce had, Springsteen
0: has a pretty big
1: library. Like we had I mean, come on. play anything else. We had yes. literally like 7,000 or 8,000 douchebag ranger fans singing, like sing us a song piano, man. And I'm like, this is insane. So as soon as the song stopped, I just had to like, I got up and literally just screamed at the top of my lungs. Billy Joel sucks. <laughs> and everyone started laughing because it was like, what? Like know your place, man. Like you have, you have to be aware of shit like that. Yeah. Deuce chills. I got deuce chills. I was
0: really,
1: <laughs> even Adrian was like, Oh, this is bad. Like, what is
0: he yeah, doing? It's like, that's just common sense. Yeah. It was, it was a good game. It was a good game. It was entertaining for Ranger fans and for devil fans, very disappointing for devil fans. But I mean, you see how, how, you know, hard the guys played. And like you said, you, you wash away the last, Eight minutes of the game. We we, that's a game we should have. That's a game I was expecting to win. I wasn't expecting to win before they dropped the puck in the third period. I was like, "We're going to win this thing," Mm. but it's a long road in front of us. Long road in front of us. It's only one of you know. We got four games against them. Um, I think we are going to get healthy. We you know we had the injury bug hit us early. What's I'm scar- optimistic. Obviously, what's what's scary is
1: we are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference right now.
0: No, I know it's not. We're not where we should be, and especially around Thanksgiving, that, that uh, you know, yep, the old formula.
1: It's a, yeah. that's, just, that's, that's a real formula. though. That's not like something that people make yeah. up. That's just yeah. Like, but
0: the the formulas and even the a lot of the stat stuff, it's like I don't know. I don't know. I'd see our guys getting healthy. You don't it, believe
1: in analytics. I like this. This is where you tell I,
0: people on a hockey podcast that you don't believe in analytics because it doesn't pass your eye test. I'm just saying that, that Luke Hughes and Jasper Bratt did not look like our worst players last night. That's just, I'm, I'm saying that not that I, I'm saying that they looked that much better. I'm saying because I could pick other players that I thought that, that didn't play as well as they did. So that's just my two cents but analytically
1: there's a lot of different ways to look at it so it depends on what stat you're actually looking at is it expected goals for is it about how much time they're playing defense like what is what
0: analytic stat I'm just are looking, you looking at like? the I'm looking at the the hockey stat card that comes out after every game and it's rating the players, and it's the same it's the same stat card that you're getting your expected uh, saves from. Well, and I'm using Money Puck. I use Money, Puck. Well, so like maybe I Money got, Puck. Maybe I got to switch to that, then. If you go on moneypuck.com,
1: it's free. And you can go through, and it'll show you expected goals percentage by players, it does it by line. It's does really it easy. say
0: who, who our worst players were last night? I'm curious goal, to see if it, if it matches up with
1: this percentage on individual players, Dawson Mercer was our worst.
0: Yeah, he's, um, he is not our worst on this. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of different
1: analytical. It depends on what you're looking at. You know?
0: I think this is an overall game card. You know, it takes de- defense, uh, you know, you're looking at
1: hockey stat cards.
0: Right. And
1: it says how they play offense and how they play defense. And if yes. they're – yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think there's – I think analytics are extremely important and they show a lot of things that are actually true. And then there's a lot of things – I le- I believe more analytically than I do of what my personal – because I realize that you're going to have an objective – you, you you have a personal relationship to the players so you're gonna look you don't always look at it completely objectively would you agree you think luke hughes looks great all the time even when he does i think obviously. luke hughes looks a lot better than Connor bedard so you know
0: uh-huh. <laughs> now i understand what you're saying i understand you're what you're you. saying that i agree <laughs> and i agree um yeah, it's you know last that last night was a heartbreaker. You know Thursday's going to be another one, uh, or Tuesday. When do we play again? Tuesday. Um, yeah, I think we
1: play. I think we play Wednesday actually, and then um, we play Friday, Saturday. Yeah. So I didn't get to go down into the into the tunnel because it was during the first intermission. I thought it was before the game. They wanted me to be there ten minutes with 10 minutes left in the first period. So I wasn't willing to sacrifice missing the 10 minutes of the first period. Exactly. So they said that they're going to give me, uh I'm going to go down before the game on Saturday. So comment any weird stuff that you want me to yell. I don't care what it is. I'll yell at all. I'll put it on video. We'll put it up on the, on the, yeah, you, got it. you got to You got to I will. You might um, get banned though. I don't care. I, I, it's like, you could do whatever you want in that place. Seriously. Like, there's no there's no rules at the rock they're just lucky that people know how to handle themselves for the most part but like for the most part if if this was brendan Byrne back in the 90s people would be killing each other
0: no absolutely and i i like the fact that they put the same cops in you know in the same sections all the time and stuff because games like last night i'm sure that they needed them around yeah there was definitely a lot of fire
1: in the air um there is a fight in front of the bathroom um, that age, I guess, got into the middle of, um, but not really. She was like, oh, man. She was just she too close trying, to it. She was trying to get through to like yeah, – you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And it was like people were going at it. But um, you know what was really strange last night was we got home. We're pulling onto the block, and I have this – huge sign on my front lawn (laughs) it's i have a babysitter at my house right Uh, and she didn't she didn't think to go outside i I pull i pull up and there's this huge sign on my front lawn that says happy 50th birthday marge and i'm like what the hell like it's the size of the entire house
0: And, and then it's I'm not like, a paper sign. It's like individual
1: like, light up letters. They're lights that are like, like put into the ground and are there um, they're letters that are like stuck into the ground. And I'm like, what the hell? And meanwhile, I have a babysitter there. So me and Adrian are like looking at each other, like, what the hell? We don't even know who, we don't even know a Marge. So we walk into the house and, um, she's like sitting on the couch and this is like a woman like, you know, in her thirties or forties or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, you didn't happen to notice the people <laughs> out on the front lawn, like at one, some right. point. And she's like, you know what I, I did? I saw the lights go on and I, and I, there were people out there, but I just figured it was you guys. And then and I was we like,
0: didn't come in. <laughs>
1: So I'm like I'm looking back on the ring and it's it's showing that they were there they were there only like 10 or 15 minutes before us. Oh okay. So I was like So what did you think we were doing? Like <laughs> did you think we were like hooking up in the car in the driveway or like what did you think uh, was happening that we went and put all this stuff on the front lawn and then went back and sat in our cars for 15 right, minutes right, before we right. came inside? So um I'm like I'm not what am I going to do with all these? Like, it's huge. I got to post a picture, but I'm like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? Like, so we sent this like text out to the neighborhood that was like, Hey, listen, I think somebody delivered the wrong stuff to our lawn. So this morning I woke up and the, and it was gone. And I, I looked on the ring and there was just like two angry people at like eleven forty five at night ripping the stuff off the front <laughs> lawn and like throwing it on uh-uh. the ground and I'm like oh my god and then I and then I went around the neighborhood and it's on my one of my neighbors one of my new neighbors front lawn and I'm How like pissed off would you be oh my god you <laughs> if to do you paid
0: for that you try to do something
1: nice <laughs> for somebody and then if they do it on the neighbor's lawn you have to you get, up get out of bed, bed. and just freezing and <laughs> going I'm like damn Oh, that's funny. Happy 50th birthday, Marge. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, so we got a game. We played Detroit, I believe, on uh, Wednesday. And then what are you doing for
0: Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is here. Uh, Got Kyle and the fam coming over and Nana. So... I was looking, they got real cheap flights up for Friday and Saturday. Oh, nice. Yeah. I try and talk your mom into coming up and it, she's like, "No, nah, we're in Florida now. I'm, I'm in Florida. For yeah. The I don't blame her. Season. I know. I the two games back to back is nice, nice short trip. Um, so
1: yeah, it is. I'm bringing the whole family on, uh, on awesome. Friday. Yeah. So we're going to have the five of us are going to be there causing trouble
0: and then um saturday the tickets are surprisingly cheap um for friday and saturday's games i was looking like two rows You're row 17 right mm-hmm. um two rows in front of you were like 140 dollars a piece on the aisle and you know they're just they're unusually cheap for those two days i guess they figure people are traveling yeah it's the holidays sure all right. Well,
1: uh, that's all we got for now.
0: Um,
1: you know, they didn't go 0-2, which we were worried about what would happen with Lindy Ruff and everything. And they showed a lot of character and they came out, and I think they fought they for their coach. And oh, uh, I appreciate the fact that he got them ready for these two games because they, they did not come out flat. Uh, and they were able to execute for the most part. Um, there's definitely still some work to be done, and I still there, there's still some question marks uh, in the pipes. And you want to see him get a little bit better defensively, but with the emergence of Colin Miller, I think there's an opportunity to really sure. boost the back end.
0: Um, hopefully, we Nico we get to will be back sooner or later, and so will Timo. I don't know about Nico.
1: I'm not so. Yeah, I'm not, it's
0: scary that you're not hearing anything about him.
1: Well, there's no way to do it. They basically just test you every day and see how you feel. It's a it's a it's a how you feel basis, and like a a head injury. A concussion can last a very long time. So I'm not I would much rather see somebody have a physical injury that they're recouping from, you know, right. like a Timo has maybe like a pulled, you know, whatever. Um and coming back from that rather than a head injury, because you can go two or three days where you feel fine and you think you're ready to go, and then you could
0: feel like shit for a week afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, and it lasts your lifetime too.
1: Yeah. So. No, I mean that goes without saying. And and then also you're much more susceptible to concussions and brain injuries right. once you come back as well. So, you know, Sidney Crosby really, he didn't luck out, but he was one of the very few guys where he missed an entire season and then he came back and was actually pretty good. I mean, um, but you see some of these guys, they get hit a couple times. And, you know, it's funny. To make it to a professional athlete when it comes to concussions, you have to have a – you're – Literally built to where you're able to sustain head collisions more than other people are without being concussed. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way a football player makes it through high school and then makes it through college football and makes it into the pros and has a 10 year career in the pros and only has a handful of concussions when someone else can get hit the same exact way and they're prone to concussions all the time a guy like Eric Lindros for instance you know what I mean like it's like he was he was going to get concussed when he got when he took a a shot to his head or even just a, a strong enough shot to their body to where their body stops and it caused and the whole force of their brain basically hits the front of their skull it's like that's something that you really do you hope that and the
0: way that he plays is like he puts himself in a lot of very vulnerable right. position. Like you're saying, like Lindgren getting hit behind the net. Like he's always got the face on. He's always getting nailed and stuff like that. And I feel like Nico kind of, Nico but he puts himself into bad position. No, I'm not talking about concussions. I'm just saying, just putting yourself in bad positions and stuff, vulnerable positions to where you're going to get hit a lot. Well, Lindgren gets hurt a lot blocking.
1: <clears throat> he does. So he blocks a lot of shots, and that causes that's why he's limping around all over and constantly looks like a he's got the homeless on. <laughs> hobo like <laughs> crawled out from behind the dumpster that's walking his way into the game. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of that's blocking pucks, but either way, you know, I'd like to see Nico get back, but you want to make sure that he's okay. And then when he gets back, you really want to, I hope he learns to protect himself, you know what I mean? Because. Sure it's like you don't want to see this become um something that is, is normal because it could really it could really fuck with his career um but uh we're going to do million dollar picks on the next episode tell you what we're killing it so we got off to that 0 and 3 start and since then we're 14 and 8 so oh, like we it. we went 3 and 0 last week and uh Patty hit with the North Texas football game beautiful game um and he won that game. So we, we've we been on a serious uh, streak right here. So if you've been paying attention to that, you made a couple bucks. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got for now. We'll probably talk. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we'll do anything before Thanksgiving. But if we don't, I hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving, enjoys their uh, friends and family, and is safe. And feel free to uh, give us a like, give us a share, drop a line. And then we'll get back to you. If not, you know. Maybe we record on Thanksgiving. I don't know. And then if not, then definitely after the game on Saturday, because we'll have a couple games under our belts to go over. Absolutely. And I think these next couple games are pretty big. We're going to start playing teams that are under 500 or that don't have really, that aren't super, we have a softer schedule coming up. So this is going to be a time where it would be good to take advantage of some teams who are struggling um, because we need some points and need to go on a run. You know how it is like, all the games from march on it's like you're down the stretch and every game is life or death it's a and it's like game, yeah. it starts now too so you might as well start yeah. winning some of these games and sack even if you got a point out of last night it would have been better but what are you gonna do but either way uh yeah hope you've all enjoyed this uh latest episode of the trap podcast my name is bill botch i'm here with the pickle bill senior and uh wishing everybody a happy holiday season a happy thanksgiving and we'll talk soon